Owning an investment property can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. At Heritage Realty Property Management, they handle the challenges for you, ensure it's rented, maintained, and gets the highest return possible, while you just collect the check. With over 50 years experience, you can trust Heritage Realty to provide the property care you want and rental knowledge you need. Visit HeritageRealtyKnox.com to connect with the team more landlords trust. Heritage Realty. We treat your property as if it were our own. Until it's football time in Tennessee, we'll continue to dive in on Jeremy Pruitt's football program and the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. Now in the rearview mirror, the AL claiming yet again another W over the senior circuit. What does it mean for the second half of baseball? Tyler Ivins, Will West, your Wednesday starting lineup next here on 99.1 FM, the Sports Animal. of Cumulus Media Knoxville. This show belongs to you at 656-9900. 656-9900. The sports you need before sunrise is on the air. You're inside the starting lineup with Tyler Ivins and Will West on 99.1. The Sports Animal. Six oh three, and you can chalk it up as seven consecutive victories for the American League. The Major League Baseball's Midsummer Classic. Good morning, July the tenth. Tyler Ivins at Will West WNML and at TSL ninety nine one. Another chance for you to play the game coming up in hour number three. Tickets to the Knoxville Fanboy Convention Expo. It's happening at the Convention Center downtown July the 12th, 13th, and 14th. These are three-day passes, ladies and gentlemen. So that means if you win during the game today at 8.05, each day this week, you're going to get an opportunity to map out who you're seeing Friday, who you're seeing Saturday, and who you're grabbing a hold of on Sunday. Will West, good morning to you. It is Wednesday in July, man, and we are closing in not only on football time in Tennessee for the kickoff against Georgia State, but brother, this time next week, you're going to be halfway done down in Hoover, Alabama. That's right. SEC Media Days, we will have live coverage right here in the starting lineup all week long from SEC Media Days. And excited about it. Look, it's uh, it becomes talking season at that point. And for, sure. for us in the business, that's the unofficial start of college football season next week. You know, I, there's a lot of people who keep mentioning about how close they're getting and, and, and how football is next month. It, sure, it is next month because it falls on August the 31st. But, man, I'm going to tell you, usually whenever I'm caught out in grocery stores, I'm caught out in public or I'm maybe grabbing a bite with the boys, usually the conversation is, man, how much weight have you lost? Or... Hey, man, Will West, you guys in the morning, love it, man. Now the conversations turn into, hey, Ivan, how many days? Like, literally, a guy had paid his bill, walked by our table, gave me a back slap, the good old boy back slap, and said, hey, but you can tell me how many days until it's football time in Tennessee right now. And he had his two coworkers with him, and I was like, 53. <laughs> now, granted, where I'm sitting, because of the vantage point for Tennessee Sports Night, there is a cork board that's right yes. behind you that gives me a countdown every day, and then that gets embedded in the mind. But sure, I also have a device on my smartphone where every day I go, hey, blah, 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 Q name. How many days until August 31st? This is usually, honestly, my favorite time of year to do sports radio because it's when all the preview mags come out. We sure. get a lot, it's the first round of information that we get an opinion and, co- for, and you know, opposing coaches opinion that we get for the upcoming college football season. There's been a little less this year. And it's a whole lot of the same conversations it seems like that literally everybody around the nation's having about Tennessee that we're having, which is, all right, can they can they win two of these three swing games, right? If they win two of these three swing games, it's a really good year for Jeremy Pruitt. 
what if they lose all three swing games, right? Chip Patterson did a piece of CBS Sports that kind of did a second-year coaches who has the most to gain, who has the most to lose. Jeremy Pruitt was one of the guys that had the most to lose. Uh, if the culture doesn't work out for year two for him. But ESPN dropped their FPI this week, and I think if you're a Tennessee fan, you got to feel pretty bullish about that. So yeah. you get differing information, stuff like that. Usually by the time you're at media days, that becomes a little irrelevant. So you, you know what I mean? You're working in now. But it's uh there has it's been weird this year that we kind of, kind of haven't had as much information about the college football world and part of me would just wonders did Alabama break and Clemson break college football that's why we have less information right now you know you kind of look at those swing games that you mentioned now granted Tennessee gets a little bit of a breather between game number two and game number three but those swing games you reference Mississippi State South Carolina and Missouri mind you Tennessee if you look at their schedule this year. They get Georgia before that first swing game against Mississippi State. They get Alabama before that second swing game against South Carolina. Now, Missouri, that comes as Tennessee's final road trip. That happens on Thanksgiving week. But if you ask yourself, you know, you know, well, there's kind of that unwritten rule or there's kind of that, I guess, that outlier of how opponents fare after they face off against Alabama. If you look at Tennessee recently, especially against Georgia because how the dogs have fared against the Vols. Maybe you could apply that role against Georgia as well. So, again, when you see different books in Vegas come out with their six-and-a-half, seven-and-a-half victories, the FPIs, if you've already mentioned, I've got to take into account who they're playing before they face off against Moorhead, before they face off against Muschamp, and I'm going to take into account, yeah, they got to take on Georgia at home, and they got to go to Tuscaloosa. Let me, to your point, to your argument, um, South Carolina, the FPI for me, for me, ESPN, if you don't know what that is, it's the football power index. Right. It's their advanced analytics look at what college football is going to be this year. They give Tennessee a 63, <clears throat> excuse me, 63% chance of winning the South Carolina game on October 25th. But you're playing Georgia, Mississippi State, and Alabama back-to-back-to-back right before you play that game. Does that mean Tennessee can't win that game? No. But it means it's not just what it looks like on paper because your guys are going to be beaten down, and I don't know what type of position their guys are going to be in. Tennessee's only a 50% chance of beating Missouri. To me, Missouri, I think uh, they don't play very many tough games on the season. They're not going to be particularly tested. Tennessee has a bye week before they play Missouri. So I think that I would give Tennessee a better than 50% chance to win that one. The Kentucky game, the game before Missouri on November 9th, is at the end of six straight weeks of football, including playing Georgia, Mississippi State, Alabama, South Carolina, and you close out at Kentucky there. It's a rebuilding Kentucky, but to me, that's maybe not as much as of a 61% chance that Tennessee has to win that. So the spot matters a lot to what you're saying right now with where Tennessee football is and when you are going to play these teams. Uh, The mothership, the FPI from ESPN. How do they have Tennessee? The outlook will get into that before 9 a.m. Yeah, the Midsummer Classic, huge storylines coming out last night. Look, again, not a big guy who likes to see people get emotional, whether it's sad tears or happy tears. And I caught myself last night wondering why it was so dusty in my house. Granted, maybe it was still because it was 91 degrees in my house. But when Carlos Carrasco came out with his teammates during the stand up to cancer moment and he held a sign that says, I stand, because those of you who don't know, Carlos Carrasco, better known as Cookie, his nickname to his teammates, uh, he has been diagnosed with leukemia, got a little misty. Got a little misty there right there in the corner of the eyes. And and that's big stuff. Sometimes baseball, it just brings out real life stories. And Carlos Carrasco, who, for those of you who are not everyday baseball guy, is one hell of a right hander for the Cleveland Indians. It just shows you that not everybody is invincible and that anybody can be hit at any time. It does. No, you're absolutely right. It does. And that was an incredible moment from the game. Okay. Can I tell you, I got a, I got a major beef with the all-star game from last night though. 
I've got a major beef with baseball's writers. And maybe I don't pay enough attention to who today's baseball's writers are. Sure. And so it's kind of a similar beef with basketball writers. I don't. I want to know how many baseball writers have ever played a year, of li- even Little League Baseball. That's what I want to know after I saw the MVP vote last night. I don't think you know any of you have any clue what you're talking about. And the fact that Shane Bieber is the most valuable player from the All-Star game is quite possibly the stupidest thing I've ever seen in sports. Just a clown show. I thought the same thing this morning. Clown show. Well, last night, this morning, when I was on my way in. We, you look at the American League last night. You had Michael Brantley, Jorge Polanco, Joey Gallo. They drove in a run. You had, uh, I forgot who it was, Tyler. You can, you're, one of you guys can tell me. Uh, someone grounded into a double play to bring in the other run. Damn. And so you had, you had three guys that had an RBI. And you had a couple of guys that struck out the side. So there wasn't an obvious candidate. So I just think it made it easier for them to say, oh, hometown guy, Cleveland pitcher, a guy that was a replacement on the roster. Let's give him the MVP. But I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I mean, come on. You there's... struck out the side? Then that's what you did? Yeah, in the fifth. Yeah. In the fifth? Yeah. I mean, they up 4 they're, nothing or 3 nothing at the time. Yeah, there wasn't really anything to it. I mean, it, if it were me, Potentially Michael Brantley, a guy that spent ten plus years in Cleveland. That's who I would have given the, it to. Got the run on the board in the uh, in the first first run of the game. So that's who I would have given or it if, to. Or if he'd have given it to Gallup because of that, and also like when he was in right field, there were a couple of plays that maybe could have scored a run, but because of the you know how every, how scared everyone was of his arm, they I that nobody ran. I get that. If you wanted to say give it to Gallup because he did have that home run and because of his defensive play. That would have made sense to me as well. I feel like a lot of this was just sentimental reasons, but I mean, if you're going to give it to Bieber for being a Cleveland guy, give it to Brantley for give spending it, ten plus give it to years. Drew there. Carey, Drew Carey's from Cleveland too, so <laughs> let's just give Drew Carey the the All Star Game home MVP because he just happens to be Bernie Kosar. Congratulations, you're the All Star Game MVP. Jr. Frustration, frustrations coming from Will West <laughs> and Eric Kane this morning. We'll get to that on the other side at six twelve, ninety nine one FM and nine ninety AM. Kaner, don't go anywhere. Let's get our first Tennessee Lottery Sports Update here for a Wednesday TSL. This is a Tennessee Education Lottery Sports Minute. Now you heard the guys say it right there. Seventh straight season, 26th time in the past 32 years, the American League came up victorious over the National League and Major League Baseball's All-Star Game. A 4-3 to win last night in Cleveland. Indian Shane Bieber took home game MVP honors in front of the home crowd after striking out the side in the fifth inning. But it was Araldis Chapman that slammed the door shut when it was all said and done. This would be the second time that Chapman does that beat, and he's got him. Struck out the side. Michael Brantley, Jorge Polanco, Joey Gallo each drove in a run for the AL while Charlie Blackman and Pete Alonzo pushed across the three runs for the NL on the night. At Wimbledon, Serena Williams is back in the semifinal round after taking a three-set winner over Allison Risk. Williams then teamed up with Andy Murray and mixed doubles play to win two sets and advance on into the third round. And and on the ice, 12-year NHL veteran and former captain of the Nashville Predators, Greg Johnson, has passed away at the age of 48. No cause of the death has yet been provided. Hey, Tennessee, did you know that Cash for Life drawings are now held every night, giving you the chance to win $1,000 every day of your life, seven days a week? Sub by any Tennessee lottery retailer. Pick up Cash for Life today. Let's get a first check of the roads. Pete Michael's traffic. That's coming up in 15 seconds. Good morning. I'm Eric Kane. Six eighteen and at six five six ninety nine hundred. Did you ever go see old ninety sevens when they were at Sundown in the City or anything like that? No, I was. <laughs> I used to. You know what? Maybe I did because I used to be a huge Sundown uh, guy. So much. Yeah, fun. You don't understand. I was planning my week around Sundown in the City. Who's driving me? How are we getting home? 
Where are we setting up shop? Are we eating beforehand or afterhand? Do we really want to deal with the crowd beforehand or afterhand? Brother, when I tell you I was sundown in the city, I will wear that Captain C proudly on the sundown in the city sweater I wear. If I, when I become president of the United States, my first executive order is going to be to Ooh. bring back sundown in the city. Ooh, that's a good, see, I should need, I need to be thinking the same way you are because I always told myself if I became president of the United States, my first executive order if you were caught being a bandwagon fan, that's a felony. Ah, uh, okay. I like that. No, like, like you get put in prison for a felony <laughs> if you get caught being a bandwagon so fan. So your buddy that was we for LeBron James in Miami and we for mm-hmm. LeBron James in Cleveland and we for LeBron James mm-hmm. in, uh, in L.A. Same guy wearing yeah. the Kellenmore Boise State <laughs> jersey, the Jonathan Papelbon All-Star Game Red Sox jersey. I feel like I'm forgetting one of his teams that he was randomly a team a fan of. Oh, are you talking about Papelbon? Nationals? Boston? Boston. Oh, no. Thank you. I forgot. Ndamukong Sue, Miami Dolphins ah, guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but he was also Ndamukong Sue, Detroit Lions guy. So okay. I'm assuming he was Ndamukong Sue, LA Rams guy last year. How does that apply? Because we all have friends and family members. They were Peyton, the Indianapolis Colts guy, and then Peyton, Denver Broncos guy. So we can't be ripping the LeBron guy Same. that bounces around and then not rip the Peyton guy. Same guy. I also know a lot of people Same in this season. area that grew up Colts fans because of Peyton Manning, but are still Colts fans today. Do you? Okay. Yeah. I know more More of my friends became Broncos fans. Well, yeah, I, I know a few of those too. And I was like, hmm. But Sundown in the City guy. Oh, man. Sundown was fantastic. Sun, president of Sundown in the City. I like that one a lot better than throwing you in the clink because you're caught as a bandwagon. Yeah, guy. Sundown was so good. Like I feel like I feel bad for Eric Kane because he doesn't know. You know, there's a lot of things Eric Kane should know that he doesn't know that I feel bad for, but then I realize. Mm. By the way, sorry I'm young. Can you? Yeah, <laughs> sorry you know, I'm no, more no, no, literally no. nothing I can do a about it. Date than you. <laughs> I know I shouldn't bring this on the air, but I'm going to just so it's. Let's so go fit. ahead and not. Whatever you're about to say. Actually, no, it's actually very simple. Okay. Believe it or not, somebody actually sent me a direct message yesterday, and the question simply was, "How old is Eric Kane?" I swear to you, they did. <laughs> and I was like, "Would you say? Do you know?" I, and I go, you know, my, I'll, I worked with Heather for almost two years. She thinks I'm 22. I'll break it down for you. This is literally how the conversation went. Weird You've been a question. professional broadcaster for four years. How is that possible? You're 22. <laughs> Weird question. How old is Eric Kane? And I said, you know what? I don't know. If I had to guess, I think he's 26 or 27. Did you turn 26 yet? Yeah, I turned 26 in March. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm there. So I was in the area. I, I have was arrived. within the months. I knew this year you turned 26. I just don't know when anyone's birthday is ever. Oh, that's fine. That's fair. Hey, was she hot? Who said it was a she? Uh, I was just kind of hoping. <laughs> it was a girl, yes, but... Uh, All right. Hey, hey, you know, hey, we're not play- I'm not playing this game on the air right now with All you. Right. Somebody want to know how old you were. <laughs> I was upset last uh, segment that Shane Bieber became the uh, was the All Star Game MVP just because he was from Cleveland. Yeah. Thomas says on Twitter, the black guy from Family Guy's name is Cleveland. Just give him the All Star Game MVP. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was so dumb. It's so like Cleveland Browns needs to be the All Star Game MVP. I Here's like the that. thing though, they, like, do they collude in the press box to decide how this was going to happen? Because otherwise. You have that many people that on their own just decided I think that Shane Bieber was the most valuable player because I struck out the side in the fifth when the game was three nothing and then the game ended up being four to three. So this not completely meaningless inning that happened there, happening that happened because of what happened there, Shane Bieber. Like there has to be collusion there, right? Here's the thing. I'm all about the feel goods. 
I'm all about the, hey, this guy wasn't supposed to be on the all-star team until last week. He was a college walk-on. The odds have been against him his entire career, even getting picked up by Cleveland. He strikes out the side, kind of holds the lead down for the American League. Maybe they had difficulties trying to find somebody else who was worthy as an MVP candidate. Alonzo has two RBIs, but it's in a losing cause for the National League. If anybody should have gotten it, you guys bring up a great point. And Joey Gallo, he essentially, his home run that made it 4-1 to one was the eventual game winner. But see, the way I look at it, I, I bet you that was signed so delivered before Gallo. What, what, mm. what, what inning did Gallo hit that? The seventh. Okay. Well, maybe not then. I, I know that it, they, they're not waiting until the ninth inning to, to Absolutely make it. Absolutely not. Yeah, so... Um, I just, I don't know. I mean, Joey Gallo, yeah, he, he did have a home run. I mean, that was a missile, too. I, I just, I mean, in, in a game where there's no true front runner for an MVP, and I mean, it was a, it was a good game. I'm not saying it was a bad game at all. Uh, just everyone was kind of equally with their stats. Michael Brantley so who I would give it to. He got the ball rolling. Is it because the American League set an all-star game record for with 16 strikeouts in yeah. a nine-inning game? I mean... Everyone's going to get extremely good. Everybody's extremely hard to hit, things like that. I understand why the pitchers are there, but you could also have given it to Roldis Chapman. He struck out the side in the ninth inning. Yeah, yep. but again, the votes were in before then. Right. But so, yeah. look, all I'm trying to say is that am, do I have a problem with Shane Bieber getting the NL or giving the All-Star Game MVP? Maybe not as much as you guys do, but I can, I'm kind of scratching my head to other people did the same thing, essentially what you did, and it's got that hometown feel to it, and yeah. it's got a brand new shiny it truck. It feels for it. just remarkably lazy. It's just a why, like yes, like why for like <laughs> what, what, why would you think this is something that you would do? Like so now it's like I don't know if you know what uh, what All Star Game or MVP or I don't know if you know what these words mean, and so I'm going to need to see who voted on this, and we open this valid up so that we can publicly shame them. That's what I think needs to happen with the the whole Shane Bieber thing. I probably don't need to be nearly this upset about this. There's the whole Tyreek Hill thing that happened yesterday. I should be a far more upset about. But I don't know why when I woke up this morning, because I fell asleep in the ninth. I don't know why when I woke up this morning and I saw that news, it just infuriated me. No. The, the Shane Bieber was the all-star game MVP for striking out the side in the fifth inning of an exhibition game. So they got that wrong, and I'll, I'll let MLB take their lump for getting that wrong. Um but can I just say how impressed I was with the city of Cleveland over the last couple of days yeah. and how they put together from the celebrity softball game, the futures game that's out of order, but you get what I'm saying to the home run derby. I thought Cleveland did a fantastic job and there's some people out there who will just flat out tell you Cleveland's a dump. Why would you ever go to Cleveland? I have buddies who are huge Indians and Browns and Cavs fans who are from the outskirts of Cleveland and they say Cleveland's a dump. But yeah. I was born into this. Uh, and even know. they said, look, the Indians knocked it out of the park. They were up there all three days for all the festivities that the All-Star game brought. And I thought they did a fantastic job. Bieber, by the way, becoming the third player in Major League history to win the All-Star honors at his home park. The first since, talk about a blast in the past with this name, 2001 in Seattle, Freddie Garcia. Uh, how about Freddie Garcia? Freddie, Freddie Garcia, Garcia, former Brave Great. Yeah. If, Great was he? Former brave, former great. brave. I do. When it's I was Charlie on my trip, yeah. former brave, great. When I was on my trip, I kept finding uh, former Braves that were on the teams that I was watching. That most of them were just horrible. And I would tweet, "Former Braves, great, getting the star." And people were like, what? "Are you serious, great?" I'm like, "Come on, guys, since You're the sarcasm." Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, uh, the, the, I I enjoyed the broadcast, and I, this is why you never see it unless it's an All Star game because it's an exhibition. The in inning interviews, I love. 
I mean, you've got you got Pete Alonso being interviewed down there at first base, and he's in mid conversation, stopping for three seconds while the pitch is thrown, then jumping right back into it. I sure. love that they had Yelich as well as Cody Bellinger, two guys that was really good, along with Josh Bell fighting for the NL MVP on in the same I inning. Have difficulty saying their nicknames back to back. By the way, Yelly versus Belly. I like it. Yeah. Just like sometimes it's a tongue twister for me. Did, did, did Charlie Blab in the interview though? Ooh. Like at that point, Ooh. it seemed like Buck just ran out of things. Yeah. So like Charlie Blabbin's 33 and he's out there still in an all-star game. And I'm like, good for Charlie Blabbin. And Joe Buck's like, how much longer are you going to do this? And I'm like, <laughs> I know. come my on, favorite, Bug, back off. My favorite part is what, is what Blab- Blabbin goes, well, I don't know. Hopefully we can get a run and get out of here. And <laughs> and no, 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 that's not what I mean, Charlie. I mean, like your career. What's he going to announce <laughs> live on the air that he's going to retire at 33 when he's trying to get one more contract probably before he walks away from this thing? And then uh, he asked about his beard like, oh, we hadn't heard that one before. It's like, come on. Uh, 628. Other side, we got to get to while you were sleeping. Yes, the American League better than the National League. Shane Beaver, he is your MVP for striking out the side in the fifth inning. But what is there to look forward to when it comes to Major League Baseball among other things they get back underway tomorrow night yeah the rangers and the astros they don't get that extra day of rest they start a four game set tomorrow night not only that but caner's corner before the end of the hour 628 for your wednesday good morning from the budweiser studios 99 1 fm and 990 am you're inside the starting lineup with tyler and will while you were sleeping powered by mr electric they have the power to make things better online at mrelectric.com Big thank you to Mr. Electric bringing you while you were sleeping here, 634, your Wednesday TSL, the American League for the seventh consecutive year. That's Man. five, six, seventh not consecutive five, year. Not six. They are four to three better than the National League. We talked about it just moments ago, but if you just missed us, 16 strikeouts. That's a new all-star game record for the American League. And it was one of the guys delivering three of those 16 and Shane Bieber who took home the American League MVP honors. I should say the all-star game honors for the AL Bieber. Those of you who don't know, a walk-on in college wasn't even supposed to be in the all-star game. He was added last second last week to the staff. Uh, Tito Francona, who was there beside, um, wow, I don't know why I just went blank on uh, Boston's manager's name, Cora. Alex Cora added him to the roster because he had Tito Francona on his coaching staff last night for the game being played at Progressive Field. NBA Summer League, how about Grant Williams with his best game to date? 16 points, 8 rebounds for Boston, this Summer League team. They beat uh, Denver Nuggets 95-82, to 82, but Grant just continues to impress so there's like this legend growing amongst the Boston media about Grant. Have you noticed this? I don't know if you, I'm a Celtics fan, so I follow a bajillion of them on social media. Like they love Grant more than Tennessee people love Grant. Really? Yes. They love Grant Williams. Kyle Alexander with 10 points last night for the Miami Heat summer league team. Seven rebounds to go with that for Kyle. So good for Kyle there. Trying to find a roster spot. Probably ends up in the G League or playing overseas, at least for this season. And we'll see if he can improve his game from there. But like there is this like Boston people love Grant, but he's like an undersized guy that gets it done on footwork and brains, and he's also willing to throw a shoulder into you, which kind of fits with what Boston wants, right? Yeah, I um I'll say this about what's happening so far. I understand that it's just a small screenshot, and the Tennessee rookies they're nine and one combined in the summer league with their teams played so far. 
But do you are you getting the vibe early? Grant's going to be fine, obviously, as a first round selection. But what is the vibe you're getting so far from what Schofield's showing in the summer league for Washington? He's struggling with his outside shot. He's going to be fine. He's going to make the roster, I think, and he'll start with the roster. Jordan Bowden will not. Um, he'll play at it for I think for a time with the Detroit Pistons. But we did find out this week that Jordan Bone is he signed a two way deal, which means the max he can play is like forty some odd games right. in the NBA, and the rest of the year he has to spend in the G League. Um, but I, but right now Admiral's going to be fine. But in summer league, he's struggling with his outside shot. Don't read too much into that because the summer league never really tells you what someone's going to be in the rookie season in the NBA. Admiral knows he's got to be better than one for four from the outside, right? We don't have this segment planned here on the program, but as Will always says, can I napalm the show? Yes. We need to come up with a segment called He's That Guy or Why Do You Do That? Those are the only two names that came to the mind before we went on the air. I told you guys shortly, briefly of a run-in I had last night. I went to a particular bar there off of, it's a restaurant slash bar, off Hardin Valley, the interstate there at Pellissippi. I think you know what I'm talking about. There are some dogs that bark at you when you walk in the door. There was a gentleman last night who clearly was being overserved or at least was already inebriated before he came into the establishment. The gentleman thought that the reason why Major League Baseball players last night were wearing the number 45 on their jersey wasn't for the honoring of recently passed Angels pitcher Tyler Skaggs, but because they were forced to wear them by Major League Baseball in support of Donald Trump. And this man was yelling it at the top of his lungs and wanted everybody to know his displeasure with the current president of the United States. Let's be very real. Anytime anyone's yelling something at the top of their lungs, they're wrong. So, like, it just seems to work out that way. I'm not politics guy, and I'll never be politics guy. Hate politics But I just wanted to walk up to him and put my hand on his shoulder and go, Sir, I understand right now you are very angry, but let me explain to you what that number 45 really means and why that it's white letters on a black circle, which usually means the mourning of somebody. Yes, that is a coincidence that the pitcher's uniform number shares the same number of presidents we've had here at the United States of America. You're wrong. But nobody was stopping this guy. He was angry old man out of cloud. He's the guy who goes home and tells his dog to stop taking a poop on the rug before he can get him outside because he's been out drinking all night. If we're doing a Mount Rushmore of guys that you don't want to hang out with, though, political guy's number one. Like that, That's your number uh, one big yeah. board of uh, the Mel Kuyper draft of what guy that you don't want to hang out with this political guy. <sighs> you know what? Political guy don't want to hang out with you. Fantasy football guy don't want to hang out Ooh, with you. Fantasy, okay, which is worse? Fantasy football story guy or golf story guy? We don't have nearly as many golf story guys in the building as we used to, but man, that was just the worst. Although, Tyler, you Vegan are guy. you are fantasy football guy. Oh, are you fantasy football? Yes. But are you fantasy football story guy? I wouldn't say, well, a, a little bit. I mean, you're not terrible, but like you've mentioned many, I mean, you, you do. Isn't it funny when he turned the microphone on, he was trying to go in on me and then you kind of clarified and he's well, like, well, not as bad. Well, you did mock drafts last year, like the, the day after the draft. Okay. But is you he telling have, you, you have mentioned many, many times you are a fantasy football guy. What's the difference between fantasy football guy and bad beat guy? The guy that needs to tell you about his bad beat from the night before. Oh, I, I absolutely. Can I clarify and tell me if I'm right or wrong? Fantasy football guy doing mock drafts after the NFL draft or fantasy football guy doing mock drafts once or twice a week, 12 weeks out, but then keeping it to himself. Is that fantasy football guy? But, but you don't keep fantasy it to yourself. Football, is fantasy football guy the guy who is like, oh, man, how did Justin Tucker have 17 points last night? And I can't even get 10 out of my running back. Like. The guy who has to tell him about all this, how awesome his lineup is. I don't, my, 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 I don't point, my point being, I, I you like have it, referred to yourself as fantasy football guy many, many times. You could be a fantasy. And so I heard that. I'm like, ah, 
but but I think in this regard, fantasy football, there's a difference between being fantasy football guy because I'm fantasy football guy. And I'm usually in as many as seven leagues a year, right? And but there's a difference between that and then on Tuesday morning, you're boring your coworkers at the coffee pod. You know what I mean? By I'm saying, not that. oh man, you know, I, I can't believe that uh, Larry Fitzgerald didn't have but four catches last night in the PPR. And then, like, that's the thing that you yeah, get nobody cares about. about my fantasy. Do I, am I, am I really competitive? Do I play for what I consider an absorbent amount of money? Yes. Should I stop that? Probably. But I'm not boring you at the coffee pot or the water cooler saying, man, I can't believe I only have the number two waiver priority this week. And so and so blew his knee out and I could take his backup right now. Back to what you were originally saying. Golf guy, bad beat guy, or fantasy football guy. Yeah, if you're having if you gotta direct pick only one of those that you that you get to duck, what do you got? Probably golf guy. See, because I I would even say I'm more <clears throat> yeah, bad beat yeah. guy than I am fantasy football guy. Golf guy because I just I I just I've tried to play the sport and I just don't get the sport and I and I'm just not very good at it. So I'm just to me, I'm just it like it falls on deaf ears. Yes. I'm with you, and I don't care that I'm not good at it either. This yeah. other thing does. It's just not my thing, and that's okay. So is it okay if my Mount Rushmore goes as political guy, golf guy, vegan guy, and hmm, I need to know a good fourth one. A good fourth one. Can't think of a good fourth one. Those are really just the three people. Like, whenever you come over to my table, when you're the next table beside me and tell me I shouldn't be eating the product that I just ordered – that you have a better dish for me and it's just a salad that has no croutons on it that you could go pull from outside of the soil. Okay, you're a vegan. Keep that over there on your side of the table. Don't sit there and stare at me the entire time because I'm about to eat this delicious cow. Yeah. Yeah. I See, I can't think of a fourth guy. Hmm. I really have to CrossFit. CrossFit. It's definitely CrossFit. No, I know who it is. I just realized who it is because all my friends always look at me whenever I order a beer they don't like. Beer snob guy. Ah, the beer snob. Beer okay. snob guy. Beer snob guy out there who, because I'd rather have a Mickey, and I, you know what? I'm going to drink a Mick Ultra. I like Mick Ultra. I okay. don't care that it's 80% water or whatever it is. I think Mick Ultras taste great, and I'm watching my figure. You're darn right I am. So because I want to drink a Mickey, and you want to drink some kind of IPA that was brewed at this brewery that I'm not familiar with over in the Carolinas, and I should really go smell the hops that they put in there while you're wearing your Chacos with your with your backpack you know, across, your, across your chest, I, I can't. I'm sorry. Like, man, I get it. I'm, but you don't have to put that on me. So there it is. Vegan guy, beer guy, golf guy, pol- politics guy. And there's probably one of my friends out there who's all four of those. And I'm still his best friend. <laughs> but I just can't stand a word that he says every time we hang out. Yeah, the, the tough one's like when it's like your friends and then they're on. You see the like the political post on social media and you're like, oh, what? A, you know, I don't want to deal with this guy. I'm going to delete him. And it's like a friend of yours. And you're like, oh, man, what are you doing? That's why you hide him. That's why Facebook yeah, is the bane that, of it, my existence. It's the, no, Facebook's the worst thing that's ever happened yeah. to humanity. Um, I've seen the stats. I know what it does for people like <laughs> yes. us, but like I just can't stand it. And no, it's terrible. But it's uh, that that's just the one that I that I hate. I hate <laughs> the the political posts on there. Like here's the thing: you know who wants to see your political post? Literally, not a single person. You know how many people that did you have ever persuaded to vote <laughs> differently based on your political post? Zero. So you're just, you know, if you want to go urinate into a, a, you know, an oscillating fan, you'll get just as much done as if you post that Facebook post. Uh, this morning at TSL 99.1, uh, Twitter is already very woke. As Chase put, woke guy is absolute worse. And we are getting tons of options and opinions this morning for that Mount Rushmore. We'll get to those on the other side. 644, Eric Kane. You know who I really like? Tennessee Lottery Sports Update guy, Eric Kane, here on TSL. This is a Tennessee Education Lottery Sports Minute. 
You and the rest of East Tennessee, Tyler Robbins. All right, for the seventh trade season and 26th time in the past 32 years, the American League came up victorious over the National League in Major League Baseball's All-Star Game. A 4-3 win last night in Cleveland. Indian Shane Bieber took home MVP honors in front of the home crowd after striking out the side in the fifth. But when it was all said and done, it was Rodas Chapman striking out the ninth to seal the win. This would be the second time that Chapman does that beat, and he's got him. Struck out the side. Around the NBA, coaches will have one opportunity to challenge certain plays this season as the league will give it a one-year trial basis. Reviewable plays could be personal fouls, out-of-bound calls, goaltending or basket interference. Coaches must have a timeout handy and cannot challenge plays within two minutes of the fourth quarter and or overtime. In the NFL, the league will cover the medical bills for Dolphins defensive tackle Kendrick Norton, who had his arm amputated after a car crash last week. And former Texans and Lions safety Glover Quinn has decided to retire after 10 seasons in the league. Also in college football, former Auburn quarterback Malik Willis has transferred uh, to Liberty to play with Hugh Freeze. Willis will have two years of eligibility remaining and will seek a waiver to play immediately. Add quick cash to your next Tennessee cash play for the chance to win up to $500 instantly, plus a chance to win the jackpot drawing later. Have some fun now and later with Tennessee cash from your Tennessee lottery. Another check of the roads. Here's Pete Michaels traffic. Good morning. I'm Mary Kane. And down the worm hole we go. Ten minutes ahead of the hour, seven o'clock. Will West, Tyler Ivins inside the Budweiser Studios for the tenth day of July. All right, that guy, Mount Rushmore edition this morning, and I'm going to tell you a lot of these. Boy, are they getting a lot of votes and uh, and guys that we've clearly missed. Uh, Matthew this morning says CrossFit guy yeah, gets yeah. another vote. CrossFit guy needs to get a vote. Uh, I like that vote. You know what? LL Cool Guy, he reaches out and says, no doubt, Will West, the big difference in using fantasy football is to talk sports in general. And the guy who plugs all the fantasy angles while talking sports, he agrees. I'm not that guy. Thank you, LL Cool Guy. Okay. Apparently, uh, you could, uh, who's the one-up guy? Do we? Do you have a one-up guy, friend? I used that to have literally one- always just tries uh, to get the last yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. Double just, cool, yeah. I don't have a one-up friend. Uh, I, don't yeah, need, I, I don't need more. I most definitely have a one-up friend, and he's the scum of the earth, but he's still my friend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, so, no, I can't do that for you, Go Irish. Would love to hear your top five cigar bar guys. Uh, he's a third, man. I will tell you. Uh, you know what? There's not really top five. There's just the... there. I have... I have many friends who are lawyers, okay? They have gone into law. They've practiced law. They've passed the bar. They are lawyers. They are people I would rely on if I ever came across that area where I needed a lawyer, okay? But there is a lawyer that I smoke cigars with at that establishment, and he might be the worst human being on the face of the earth. And every time I see him, I want to superglue his mouth to a tailpipe, and I want to drag him through the Arizona desert. He is just an it's awful. It's a reasonable guy. response, actually. Actually, I, there, there's got to be something again about like confidentiality when it comes confidentiality when it comes to your clients. He just says the worst things about people in there, and I'm like, you're a piece of crap, and I just want to bash your face into the cooler door right now. Uh, by the way, who's opposing team fan guy? Like, is it like all the Georgia fans who live in the area and they like their opinion always matters? Like, I'm all about people as long as they're right and as long as they back their you know their facts up. But, like, I guess it's so much that guy as I cheer for the other team and you need to recognize me because my fandom isn't with this program that you, you know, you talk about. Uh, you cover. Does, does that count as, like, the guy who will periodically email us and be like, why don't y'all talk more Ole Miss football? 
Exactly. Because we're in Knoxville, Tennessee, and your team's 6-6. Six and six. Gage actually brings up a good one as well, Will. He says the Facebook pyramid, pyramid scheme guy. Oh. The message always starts with, hey, man. I'd love to talk to you about AdvoCare if you'd like to sit down and have lunch with me for a little while. Canner's uh, no, Corner. Uh, I know we're, I, I get it. I understand we're pushing it here for a minute. Go ahead, Eric. Let's get to it. Let's see some of the things that missed the cut this morning. There's only so much you can do in a three-hour show. Let's find out what missed the cut today. It's Caner's Corner here on the starting lineup. Powered by New Balance Knoxville in the Suburban Shopping Center. All right, guys, NBA coaches will have an opportunity, just one, to challenge certain plays this season as the league will give it a one-year trial basis. Reviewable plays could be personal fouls, out-of-bound calls, goaltending, or basket interference. Coaches must have a timeout handy and cannot challenge plays within two minutes of the fourth quarter and overtime. It's not an actual flag, though, which I'm really upset about because I want to watch Greg Popovich throw a flag <laughs> onto the floor. Like he's patting his suit at a referee. Yeah, that's what I want to see is them actually in like John Beeline in Cleveland slinging a flag out there. I, I like the idea of having a challenge there. I don't know how much it necessarily changes about a given rule. Bingo. And what can be challenged and what can't be challenged is going to be the thing that uh, is the big question for it. I would also say whatever that ends up being is better than all those reviews we got during the NCAA tournament this year. Can't wait for them to super slow-mo every charge in the lane, just like pass interference penalties that they have yet to do, even though they're going to attempt to do this year. To me, this is a whole big mess that I don't think is going to improve anything, but if coaches want an opportunity for their voice to continue to be heard, you got to take this next step. I would also say challenge every time James Harden touches the ball because that dude (laughs) takes four steps. Yeah. All right, guys, among the outcrowd, certain pitchers like Justin Verlander, Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, baseball commissioner Rob Manfred again denied that the league altered baseballs to generate more home runs. He went on to say in an interview with uh, Sirius XM Radio, there is no evidence from scientists that the ball is harder. He acknowledged, however, the drag of the baseball is less. He said the scientists have issued laser tests with, uh, to determine why the drag is less and the width and height of the uh, seams. Well, we know USA Today has already done it. The Ringer's already done it. 538's already done it. So we already know, and they all have exactly the same information, right? I don't believe baseball intentionally did this. And that's the one thing that Verlander said. I do think that if I've known since the 2017 World Series that this was the case, oh, yeah. you've known since the 2017 World Series. And I think it's just one of those things they looked at and said, oh, more home runs? Well, let's just look this other way over here. And that's what baseball and Rob Manfred are doing. Not intentional. They fell into something and yeah. said, we don't need to clean this up if nobody notices there's a mess. Yep. Justin Verlander, there's not a mess. Justin Verlander, there's not a mess. Shh. Not intentional. Index finger to lips. Yeah. Shh. It's crazy. Exactly. He's given up the most home runs in the majors this year and has an ERA below three. I guess that's just how good of a pitcher he is. All right, moving on. Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia introduced a bill on Tuesday that would prevent the federal government from providing funding for the 2026 FIFA World Cup until the United States Soccer Federation agrees to equally pay its men's and women's national team. Uh, He received a letter from West Virginia's women's soccer coach, Nikki Izzo-Brown, with the encouragement to submit said bill. It's interesting because based on who you believe or who you read information from, the U.S. men's national team could bring in up to $10 million more in a four-year period window than the women's team. If that's the case, I'm sorry, it's professional sports. The women shouldn't make the same. But then if you look at it, it would it could be as low as $200,000. And if that's the case, they should make the same amount of money. Frankly, they're better. I also would just, whatever gets this U.S. men's national team, if you cut their money, that, that would, uh, I, would like, I would agree to that. Cut their money and give to the women's national team until they actually get their crap together. 
I was hoping you were going to avoid saying that so I could actually steal that carbon copy. Guess what? Maybe if we start taking less money away from you, you'll get your crap together and start competing and actually make the World Cup. All right, guys, real quick, your tennis update for this morning at Wimbledon. Serena Williams once again off to the semifinal round in the women's singles. A couple of good quarterfinal matches today uh, on the men's side. Novak Djokovic, he'll score off against David Goffin. Rafael Nadal against Sam Querrey. Roger Federer is going to go up against Key Nishikora. That a boy. A, thank you. A reminder that VFL Tennis Sangren was ousted in the fourth round, as well as 15-year-old Coco Goff. So that's your update on Wimbledon. Can, can I just say Tune this? Tune in at 9 o'clock. Joel Silverberg will be here. Yeah, not, a, not to be like, because I know Joel played tennis like collegiately. And for, there are a lot of men's tennis players that I Jimmy Himes has won. I don't care. Like, there's no reason to watch the men's draw until you get to the semifinals. There's there's none. Like, there just isn't. Because I mean, we know what's going to happen. It's Djokovic. It's Nadal. It's Federer. It's one of those three. And that's it. And so just wait to the semifinals. The women's draw, crazy stuff happens. And so it's a lot more fun to watch that as the tournament goes along. On the men's side, though, I just wait until it's Nadal against Djokovic and then watch that one. And the winner of that's going to be the one that wins it all. Is there many sports right now where you can actually watch a full season and there's a lot of oohs and ahs and dramatics? Just football. Just like, the, just like baseball, the teams who are supposed to be winning are winning. Yeah, Basketball, the teams who are supposed to win, they win. Hockey, okay, maybe a St. Louis team can emerge like a great storyline this year. But, but that was because of the playoff, though, not necessarily because of the regular season, right? Sure, you had both one seeds losing the opening round. Yep. So, But again, once you get deeper into the regular season or postseason play, that's when we start seeing the dramatics. Uh, Sharon, her staff, New Balance Knoxville, big thank you to them. They're off in the Suburban Shopping Look, Center. Look, make sure you get the right fit for your shoe. If you're someone that deals with ankle issues or maybe you plantar fasciitis, you could be wearing the wrong shoe. Go get the fit test for the amazing people at New Balance Knoxville. All right, other side, we got to get into ESPN's Football Power Index. Tennessee football, how does ESPN see things shaking out for the volunteers in 2019? Not only that, your chance to play the game to kick off hour number three. If you want to head to the Knoxville Fanboy Expo at the Knoxville Convention Center this weekend, Tyler, Will, we've got your hookup all before 9 a.m. inside the starting lineup. Sports Radio, WNML.